Welcome to the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Brian Christofferson, and I'm with Michael Brunts. And Mike Schaefer's too cool for us, I guess. He doesn't he's want to busy. sit at our lunch table. He's busy, uh, I guess. Yeah, that's what that's what they all say. <laughs> like the story, Schaefer. Um, we got a busy day, though, so I can understand it. He's probably got a valid excuse. We've got a lot going on on our site. Um we, we got some news. Mike Dawson is coming back as the outside linebackers coach to replace Javon DeWitt. Uh, we got a couple contract extensions that were noted with uh, Travis Fisher, Ryan Held, uh, Greg Austin. And uh, Ryan Held and Greg Austin got some new job titles, too, which they kind of already were doing some of those things anyway. But it looks good on paper. So what do you make of all that we've seen so far, Brunts? What 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 do you get out of it? Uh, well, I mean, it, does this even qualify as breaking news? I mean, we're kind of doing, a, I guess, a not an emergency podcast, but a podcast driven by news. Um, we actually did a hell of a podcast yesterday. I went for about an hour and 15 minutes, and I accidentally deleted it during the editing process. So... Uh, that's, that's one reason why we're, uh, we're here, but, um, but it, it, I mean, not, not really a surprise that Mike Dawson's coming back. He's coming back as the, uh, we learned the outside linebackers coach, which is what we expected. Um, no special teams responsibilities for him, which we can get into a little bit, uh, later on. Um, but I mean, a, a guy that the staff knows really well, a guy that's been around, uh, the current players recruited a lot of the current players, uh, and, and the guy that has a lot of experience at the pro and, and college levels. So maybe not uh, the splashiest hire, but um, you know, one that I, I think uh, can be looked at as a positive for the staff. What do you think? Yeah. By the way, that podcast you deleted accidentally. I said some of the funniest jokes that I think have ever been told. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 actually went through and and made some pretty bold predictions about the future of Nebraska football too that will forever remain uh, locked in the vault. But I didn't write those thoughts down, so I don't have them with me anymore. So that's gone. Uh, but yeah, I, what you're saying about Dawson is is true. He's by the way to some of the details. He's coming in. He's going to make three twenty five three hundred twenty five thousand dollars this year, but. He's going to get a big hike in 2021. In March, he's going to make 500000 for that year. And then at the start of 2022, he's going to make 550000 So it looked to me like uh, they're going to take advantage of some of that sweet Giants money that he's probably still banking. Is that what you think, Bruns? Yeah, yeah that, that's a pretty fair read on the situation. Not a, not a Mike Riley situation with Oregon State. Um, but definitely Nebraska getting a little bit of a, a, a sticker discount uh, for, for year one there. I, I like Mike Dawson coming back because I always go back to the connection he had with Frost when he hired him at UCF. Janander kind of suggested Dawson to Frost, and Frost didn't really know him at that time. And they got together for their interview. I don't know if it was in person or the phone, but I remember it was like Basically, in five seconds, each guy knew they kind of liked the other guy um, and what they're made of. Just to, it, it, it happened really fast that they liked each other. And even when he came, first came here in 2018, I remember Mike Dawson saying that when Scott Frost was deciding what jobs to take when he came to Nebraska, um, 
Mike Dawson told him, I'll, I'll follow you to Mars. So uh, it, it kind of makes sense that he was the first guy that, that Scott Frost thought of for this this job. And he's coached outside backers with the Giants, and he you know he's worn a lot of different hats. And uh, he's a good recruiter in the Northeast, too. So th- there's, some, there's some real positives about him. Yeah, we're kind of getting things ready to, today for, for that announcement. I was going back through some of the stuff that Scott Frost said about him um when the 2019 class signed and, and of course that was the the ty robinson uh brant banks was at least being recruited as a defensive player then ethan piper also uh was being recruited as a defensive player then uh and you know mike dawson had a pretty large hand in, in getting ty robinson uh to lincoln i mean actually helped uh helped in the effort there to beat out Tony Tuioti for him. So I don't know if that's something that they, they can maybe bond over uh, w- w- when they get together. But, um, you know, he, he helped recruit Ramir Johnson uh, through his connections in the Northeast. So the, there's, you know, I, I think he probably gets overlooked a little bit uh, for the recruiting work that he did. And, you know, you, you saw on social media today, too, you know, Ben Stilley had nothing but good things to say about Mike Dawson when he left. And I think he's pro- going to be pretty ecstatic to see him back. Uh, same with Casey Rogers, who, who uh, Mike Dawson recruited. And, you know, I, I think it's it'll be interesting. That, that room is interesting because they have to be better. You still have to recruit well to bring in more talent than the, in that outside linebacker room. But they've got some guys, I think, that, that you can kind of build around. With Garrett Nelson, uh, you've got Blaze Gunnerson uh, as a true freshman and rolling early uh, with that group. Caleb Tanner, you know, it, it's kind of put up or shut up time for him, I think, going into his junior season. So uh, that, that group needs to be better. But I, I think that there's some some pieces there that Mike Dawson can kind of work with right away. Yeah, I think Caleb Tanner and Jameen Graham are two guys where you could point to and say, okay, let's see you develop these guys now uh, because they, they seem to have the potential and let's let's see it be more than that. The other thing is we sometimes get caught up in the labels of, oh, outside linebacker, inside backer, defensive line. But, I mean, the front seven is so intertwined in everything they do together. And I don't think it hurts that you have a D-line coach now in Tony Tuioti who has coached outside backers. You have the outside backers coach in Mike Dawson who has coached the defensive line and knows those players on the roster for Nebraska well already. So I think those guys should be able to work together um pretty well just off their their past experiences so i like i like that um now the question people are going to ask is what about special teams because obviously javon dewitt um coached you know both special teams and outside backers we have a story on our site right now about a potential name that's out there what what are you thinking with this what are you hearing brum yeah, Schaefer actually put it out uh, shortly after uh, the, the hiring of, of Mike Dawson w- was made official uh, around 8.30 this morning. But uh, so with that, without, you know, having the, you know, Mike Dawson taking over those special teams uh, responsibilities, that obviously leaves a big hole. Uh, we kind of started to hear that Nebraska was probably going to look to go more with an analyst type hire to handle special teams. Um and, you know, the, the name that, that is kind of leading the way right now for Nebraska is, is Sean Snyder. Uh, he's the son of Bill Snyder, of course, uh, currently a senior analyst, special teams analyst uh, at K-State right now under Chris, on Chris Kleiman's staff. He's been 
uh, a director of ops at K-State for a long time. Uh, you know, he, he's a pretty darn good special teams coach. There's a connection from Scott Frost's time uh, as a GA at K-State. So, you know, that that's kind of what we've been hearing the direction was, and, and Nebraska is certainly uh, targeting uh, a pretty big name in the special teams world to potentially fill that type of role. Yeah, and, and even though Sean Snyder has that K-State blood in him, you know, obviously that's a tough situation for him because, you know, people kind of followed that for a while, knew that when Bill Snyder retired, there was always this idea. I think Bill Snyder wanted Sean Snyder to be the head coach at K-State, you know, and um, was kind of uh, campaigning for it a little bit. And obviously that didn't happen, and he's still on the staff there. And I, so I don't know the full relationship of how, you know, they're, they're working together. But, you know, it's, it's kind of tough when you have in your mind that you could be the head man at that school and you're not. So it makes some sense to me that maybe a guy like that would want a fresh start somewhere else. And it, you mentioned the connections that, that go back with Frost. And, and he had some pretty good numbers, too, with what Sean Snyder has done with special teams at K-State. It's, it's been an area where they've normally been, been pretty good. So uh, that, that seems like it could be an attractive hire. But we'll see what they do. Um, obviously, somebody's got to run that show. Zach Crespo was a guy behind the scenes on the Husker staff who helped Javon DeWitt. So he's a guy to at least mention here, but um, I, it feels like somebody else is going to come in and have, have, have a leading role in that. And to, and to add a little bit more to, to Snyder's resume, he was a punter at K-State, uh, football scoop, uh, named him their special teams coordinator of the year in 2015. He was the uh, ESPN special teams coach of the year in 2017. So Definitely a respected name uh, when it comes to coaching that thing. And then it's, you know, even if they go the analyst route, I mean, it's not like, you know, a situation where it's only his show. I mean, special teams is such a big part of, of what a team has to do. You're going to have a lot of guys' fingerprints uh, on that group uh, from the coaching staff. And I think, you know, Mike Dawson having that background, he coached special teams at Boston College, and they're pretty good. Uh, when he was there, uh, th that helps, um, and, and just kind of having a different uh, different approach to things, maybe. So uh, that that's something to kind of watch as you know we, we get a little bit further into January here, and, and Nebraska kind of starts sorting through some more things. But uh, definitely, you know, uh, you, you see Nebraska kind of dip its toe a little bit in, in the, the the bigger staffs with the, with the the big name analysts, but. Uh, that this would definitely kind of kick that up a notch if you brought in a, a guy like Sean Snyder to run your special teams. Okay, a couple more things here. Um, part of the announcement today included job title additions for uh, Greg Austin and Ryan Held. We, we mentioned this at the beginning, but Austin is now, in addition to being the line coach, the run game coordinator. Ryan Held is now the recruiting coordinator, in addition to his role as the running backs coach. I, I kind of said this off the bat, uh, but those sort of are just like putting on paper now what they've already been acting out. Uh, I mean, Ryan Held, I, I don't know what recruiting coordinator is going to mean technically, uh, if that adds anything, but he's obviously been a dynamic recruiter for this staff beyond just the running backs. He's involved in a lot of guys. He was heavily involved with Omar Manning. Obviously, he's big with the Juco guys. Uh, so it makes a lot of sense that that you would put him in something like that. And then Greg Austin, 
Um, even though he didn't have the title, he was really working as sort of the run game planner the last couple of years while Troy Walters kind of handled the passing game. Uh, Sean Becton like did the red zone. And so they had responsibilities that were sort of divvied out like that. But uh, it's a nice deal for those guys to put that on their resume. Uh, it, it makes them all the more attractive in their profession. And we got confirmation on uh, a little bit more money for, for Held and Travis Fisher as well, correct? That's right. Uh, it had been out there a little bit, but now it's official. They sent the contracts out. Travis Fisher went from uh, $325,000 last year to now he's making uh, $450,000. So that's a huge hike for him. Ryan Bruce Held- Reed money. <laughs> Don't bring that <laughs> Travis was like, why you got to play me like that? You know, yeah. Bruce Reed's name on mine. But uh, Ryan Held then goes from 300000 to 400000 Um, So it makes sense from what we heard because I know Ryan Held is going to be a popular guy that other schools are always going to look at because he's a great recruiter. Uh, Travis Fisher, I think, is proving that he's a darn good recruiter and developer of players. And we were told um, that Ole Miss made a run at him, uh, at least Ole Miss. We don't know if anybody else did, but, uh, you know, that you had to do something probably to keep him here uh, when you have, you know, Lane Kiffin going at one of your guys. And so uh, that's what they did. And everybody remembers the early signing day tweet Travis Fisher put out. I'm, I plan to be here four or five more years. That's a pretty big deal because um, he's got a ton of young defensive backs in his room that put a lot of faith in him, and they're going to be happy to know they're they're going to be coached by him for a while. What what, what do you make of the the bumps? Uh, you know, it, I'm trying to think back. You know, in, in recent times, certainly because Nebraska hasn't had a ton of success, but you you haven't seen a lot of the the, the contract increases that we've been seeing the last couple of years. Do you, what do you kind of make of that from uh, you know, maybe a big picture point of view. I mean, is it, does it say to you that, you know, Nebraska is really valuing continuity? They, they, that, you know, they've hired good assistants. I mean, what, what do you kind of make of the way, um, you know, guys that have kind of gotten these bumps uh, the last couple off seasons? I definitely think that the continuity part is a big piece to Scott Frost because when you ever hear Scott Frost talk about building the program, how often does he reference Tom Osborne and how he did things? I mean, you could be talking about player discipline or the way you practice or anything like that, and that always comes up. Well, what's the biggest thing that was a key to the success, you know, back in those days was that Osborne had the same guys he was coaching with for a long time, and they, they knew how to play off each other, and it worked really well. And so I think Scott Frost has always taken that to heart. Now, it's a different time in college football. I don't think it's near as easy to keep guys. And honestly, I'd say this, Bronze. I think Nebraska needs to get to the point where actually they're losing a, an assistant or two every year because they're so good, like someone's getting promoted elsewhere. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, you, like, you... like Ryan Held, like, you're, you have such a good season that somebody's like, we got to make Ryan Held our OC and Pam gobs of money. You know, like you, you almost got to get to that point. Uh, that's a good thing in a way. It's like, it's like in an interview when you say one of your, your biggest downfalls is you work too hard. One of those things. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, it seems like a negative, but it means <laughs> positive things are happening uh, if, if, if that's taking place. So, uh, but also they've got the money to spend now. Uh, Nebraska, this is why I always get a chuckle when people get too nostalgic about the old Big 12 or Big 8 days. It's like, yeah, they, Nebraska, even though they have struggled on the field in the Big 10, to me they're in such a better place because they can at least financially be in the ball game to put themselves in position to compete. And part of that is coaches' salaries. Nebraska can now go toe-to-toe with most of the programs in this country when it comes to the dollar figures they offer coaches. And, you know, when filling Javon DeWitt's role, you got to think Scott Frost thinks a whole lot of Mike Dawson because, honestly, he could have probably hired a ton of people for that because they're paying – you know, if it's a job that was worth $475,000, that's pretty attractive to a lot of people in this country. Well, and, and just to kind of give it a little bit of context, I mean, Travis Fisher is now one of the top 10 paid defensive backs coaches in the country. And, you know, that that's even among guys who, you know, have a, you know, co-defensive coordinator, that kind of a, uh, a title with it. So, you know, Nebraska's getting to, to your point. I mean, that they're they have been, you know, for the last couple of years, but certainly are getting more into kind of that rarefied air of uh, schools and college football right now that that are able to really kind of swing their checkbook around. And that, I mean, that that's a, a a good tool to kind of have in your back pocket. Um, you know, whenever you have like an old Miss come coming in and tr- trying to steal one of your coaches, or even going out and, and getting somebody too. Okay, I got one more question. We're not going to go an hour 15 today because Bruns might delete it on us. And then <laughs> still feel horrible about that, by the way. <laughs> um, that's okay. Well, uh, you can make it up on our road trip by giving when we go on our little gas station binge, you can buy me like an extra super rope or something. Um, but let's let's ask this. This is the thing everyone wants to know now. Is this over? I mean, we got an announcement today. We got a press release. But within that press release, you know, it only a few guys got extensions through 2021. So that's going to make some people wonder, you know, what's happening with everybody else. Obviously, some of those guys, you know, are are sticking around, um, you know, like Eric Chenander's not going anywhere as your defensive coordinator. But is it, do you think there's a possibility, uh, you know, something could still happen? Yeah, I mean, I think I mean, we, we talked about this yesterday uh, again, but, you know, it, it's it, it seems like the early signing period in December has kind of created this, it, it's created a different kind of coaching carousel. And, you know, I, I think you've seen more movement and, and changes, uh, you know, between Christmas and, and the start of the, uh, the, the January recruiting period than maybe what I remember in the past. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see some more movement, uh, whether, whether it's sooner or it's after the, the next signing day. I mean, that was when Mike Dawson uh, left to, to go to the Giants was, was last February. So I, I, I don't think it's done. I, I think you're probably going to see uh, – for sure, some movement behind the scenes in terms of analysts and, and kind of a reshuffling in that area. And I, I wouldn't rule out uh, other things, uh, you know, with current current guys as well. I mean, I, I just that's the way college football is now. And I, I just think, you know, especially, you know, you've got the, the special teams question to take care of. You've had 
an offensive analyst position that's been listed on Nebraska's website as an open job for about a month. Uh, that hasn't been filled yet. So I, I think there's still, uh, I, I would not stand down yet uh, in terms of everything being finished just because they had that announcement today. What do you think? Yeah, I I always feel like it it's till at least mid-February where you say, okay, this staff is set in concrete for the next year. You know, until we get to that point, I always leave open the possibility that anything could happen. Um, I mean, I jokingly say this, but I even mentioned, well, Chenander's obviously going to be back. Well, I mean, it. who knows in the wild, wild west out there? That's, that's my point, is that it, 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 you can always be surprised by something that's going to happen. I mean, I just saw today, for example, Baylor, it looks like it's strong on maybe hiring Dave Aranda. That was the latest. Maybe that'll change by the time this goes up uh, out of LSU. Well, you know, Dave Aranda's going to, put together a staff and who knows maybe there's a guy up here in Lincoln that intrigues him and that's happening all over the place Washington State has an opening Mike you know Mike Leach uh you know went down to Mississippi State and he's going to be looking at people and uh so it just kind of goes on and on uh until about Valentine's Day um we do know I, you've know this. You saw this more than I did. You read what was happening, but there's been talk around here about Mickey Joseph, um, and obviously a former Husker quarterback has had a great run at LSU and coaching the wide receivers. We saw that how amazing those guys were. Uh, what's the latest with him? Yeah, kind of reading uh, on our LSU site on the twenty four seven Sports Network, they're reporting that. You know, that there was interest in Mickey Joseph from, you know, they'd reported interest from Nebraska um, and other schools as well. I mean, Nebraska wasn't the only one, but uh, th- their indications as of Thursday morning were that he was not going to be going anywhere, uh, not leaving LSU. So uh, that, that name has definitely, you know, been on the, the message boards and on the talk, talk, uh, talk show airwaves uh, the last week or so. Uh, as a potential at Nebraska, but that was the that was the latest that they had was that uh, he's probably going to stay put um, in an off season of change down there after the national title. So that that's uh, that's about the latest that we can say on that. And that was that was a couple hours ago that, that they put that out there that they were expecting uh, Mickey to stay there. And especially after it sounds like Frank Wilson, who was uh, very well liked around uh, LSU, is probably going to end up at McNeese State as their head coach. So. They needed to stay strong recruiting in, in the New Orleans area, which Mickey certainly uh, can do. That's a good example, though, of just how fluid the whole process is. And it's kind of a moving target. Like, people always want a definitive answer on, well, this guy's going this place. But things can be, ch- they can change by the hour. And some of these guys are weighing multiple decisions, you know? Like, they, like I know there's been talk out there here, and I'll just, it's out there. It's about like Mark Helfrich or somebody like that. Well, you, Mark Helfrich has options. You know what I mean? Like he's the type of guy who, when you've been the head coach at Oregon and you've been an OC in the NFL, uh, you, you have different things you can think about. And so that's the thing people got to keep in mind here as it goes forward. Uh, I do think there's still going to be movement of some sort, uh, but you have to know that the story can change by the hour or by the day sometimes with this stuff. 
Well, and the other part of it is, too, I mean, you, you just had the AFCA convention wrap up uh, earlier in the week in Nashville. That's one uh, huge uh, convention where, you know, you get support staff there, assistant coaches, head coaches, uh, and a lot of not necessarily interviews, but a lot of conversations take place uh, at the AFCA convention. So, I mean, that that's that's something else to kind of keep in mind time frame wise for um, you know, the next month or so, or, or even sooner than that. But definitely, uh, you know, that it just feels like that that coaching carousel time frame has gotten larger uh, and, and longer uh, in the last few years. Yeah, well, there's like a new part to it now because it used to be that you had to wait till basically the February signing day, and then there was like a kind of a two week whirlwind after that. And now, now you get that news that comes between the first signing day and the second signing day, basically, you know, where most of the classes are set. So I think people feel like, okay, you can announce you're leaving or whatever, you know, it's, it's more accepted than it, than it used to be to leave in January. But, uh, it's certainly been interesting around here. A lot of stuff's been floated, but at least we, we have some answers now. And, uh, uh, anything else on your mind, Bruns? No, I I thought you were going to say that, you know, we, we have Mike Dawson and he, he's a loud guy. Um, and I'd for, forgotten that. I was thinking about that today, that he's one of the few coaches where you can be on the other side of the room interviewing uh, a different coach. And, and Mike Dawson can be talking on the other side of the room. And it's like you're you're in two two conversations at once. It's rare. You get, it, it, it's rare you get that. Yeah, it is kind of nice though, as a reporter because it's like a two for one. You don't have to have, <laughs> you don't have to you know say uh tony tuioti's on one side of the room and dawson's on the other you can just go hang out by tuioti and get that and you're getting dawson at the same time that's pretty good yeah yeah you don't get that often but it's nice to have so he's back loud and proud and that's that's good uh for us um and i'll tell you what we're gonna have a lot more even this seems like it should be a quiet time but i don't think it is going to be so people should keep coming back to Husker247.com for all the latest.